تهتدون وما لي لا أعبد الذي فطرني وإليه ترجعون أأتخذ من دونه آلهة يردني الرحمن بضر لا تغن عني شفاعتهم شيئا ولا And welcome back to the realest podcast in the dunya, the three Muslims today. We are here with one of our OG guests, Abu American. Assalamualaikum, brother. How you doing? Waalaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallahu feek. You say OG guests, man. I remember when you guys were first getting started off, man. I was talking, uh, yeah. talking to you brothers, man. That's a beautiful thing to see you brothers blow up like this, man. It's just... MashaAllah. It means a lot. And uh, we appreciate you, you know, supporting us in the beginning and everything, you know. Absolutely. I wouldn't have it any other way, man. But it's been killing it since. Alhamdulillah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept it from us and from you. Allahumma ameen. So before we get started with um, today's actual topic, did you guys see the debate between Rolo Tomasi, Fresh and Fit, Destiny, and Sneeko? I saw I saw clips of it. I didn't see the whole thing. I saw clips. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Alhamdulillah. So what was your first impression of those clips? I mean, you know, I think everybody knows that I know Rolo. Rolo mentioned me in his third book, um, fourth book or third book, Red Pill and Lit. You know, he, he, he talked to me back and forth quite a bit about it. And um, so I guess I consider him in the sense of as close as you can be with a non-Muslim as a friend, however that works, then he would be considered one. But I have to say I completely disagreed with him on a statement about like vasectomies and whatnot. And uh, it's just really, I found that like a bit strange, you know, yeah, um, yeah. of a statement. So that a lot of people would take exception to it. I, without question in my mind, it makes perfect sense that a lot of people would like, you know, give him smoke for that. Yeah. So do you think that this is something that Rolo would have said like a year or two ago, maybe in the beginning? Well, this is going to be a controversial statement now because, you know, <laughs> like I said, I do consider him to be a friend, although I have kind of, in, in my, just, just to be clear to any viewers, I don't really consider myself red pill. I did learn some red pill, you know, whatnot. I spent a lot of time in that zone, but I do consider myself as a person who's exited it um, because of what I call red pill rot. And in my humble estimation, this is where the, the dodgy part comes in. Um, where, you know, he might take offense. I hope he doesn't. But I consider this to be red pill rot. I mean, I coined the phrase red pill rot. And red pill rot is basically when someone spends so much time in red pill and red pill ideology um, that it just starts to really change the way you perceive the world and relationships yeah. with men and women. Yeah. And it's usually for the negative, And that's why I call it rot. Because it degrades instead of builds, you know, the ideas. I got just... Allow me to rant for a second, guys. Sorry. I got into red pill because I was looking for help with my marriages. You know, I, I was married for 26 years. I ended up in a divorce and I wanted to get married again. And I wanted to get married to multiple women. And I couldn't find help. I turned to red pill. 
And that's what I went there for. I went there to look for help. But after a while, I noticed like, okay, there's starting to be negative attributes in myself because I'm very self-aware of my behaviors and my manners, you know? And so I caught that. Then I started observing others and I was like, okay, this is not unique to me because I was thinking maybe it's a problem of me. And so this is where I came with the red pill rot. And it took years to actually observe. So, you know, yeah, I think that's a, that's a red pill rot thing because a year ago he wasn't saying things like this. Now he's saying something like telling a 20 year old, to, you know, get a vasectomy. That's, 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 I find that problematic. Outlandish. Yeah. <laughs> Considering how doctors, I don't know if this is correct, um, but my understanding is doctors tell you that you should consider a vasectomy to be permanent. That's the consideration they tell you when you're supposed to get it. This is what I was, this is my understanding. So you're going to tell a guy in his early 20s to get a vasectomy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it is something that's crazy. Sense, yeah, I honest, honestly, at this point, I would relate red pill kind of like to nihilism in a way, because like nihilism is, is on the fundamental level. You're setting yourself up to be depressed and have a, like a, just a really sad outlook on life with red pill. It's the same thing. And you could see it in the the debate. Like I, I react to the whole thing live, like for an hour, two hours straight. And you could see like with the th some of the things Myron was saying, it's very like disturbing for a man. He was saying that as a man, you have no value until you build it. So a man who's not famous and rich is just not valuable at all. He's just worthless. And, like that's a very depressing thing to think. Yeah, that's like that's like thinking, you know, there's no per point in life. There's no purpose. I have no reason for being here. I'm just going to be here and die and everything's useless. It's like it's very depressing to be honest. So it's horrible. And, you know, I I'm right now on my channel when I have time. Um, we were just talking about this a little while ago. I don't have a lot of time. I mean, hell, we're talking about this for my time. But I read from the book, uh, The Evil Cravings of Wealth and Status, you know, uh, and I read that and I upload that to the channel. It's a very good book, even Rajab. Um, and um, it's just when we look at from an Islamic principle, what what constitutes high value? You know what I mean? What, what have they what have they said is high value in today's term? It's like money game money make what is, what is it uh mld says it i don't have principally i don't have a problem with it but it's, it's along those lines money muscle something and game or something like this and there's more to it than this just you know than than, than just um chasing the dunya really uh, and that's the yeah if you're gonna chase the dunya you're always gonna be behind i can't remember who said it it was one of the great scholars of the past he said the dunya is like a bride <laughs> you know it's like a bell bride who, like, you know, never marries you. You're always chasing her, but she never, like, marries you. Well, You're going to spend your life, you know, pretty, yeah, in a nihilistic state. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The Prophet ﷺ, there's actually a hadith where he said that there are two realms or two things that anyone who chases it will never be satisfied. One is the, the one who seeks knowledge, and the other one is the one who seeks the dunya. They're never going to be satisfied. It's like an ocean that, you, that, you know, you leave one shore, and then there's no, there's no end of it on the other side. Yeah. Allah. It has a strong appeal, and I understand that appeal because I've been there. But mm -hmm. it's like, how, how, what's a good explanation of this? Red pill for a Muslim is like a double-edged sword. You need the sword, but unfortunately, the handle is also double-edged and bladed. Mm -hmm. does, that, does that sound right? So you've got a sword, and then the handle is also a sword. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, yeah. So I'm. I. You know. And this is for Muslims. If you're not a Muslim, then khalas. You know. You can. The dunya is anything goes. You know. But um, for Muslims, it's it's really, 
it's really a realm that they shouldn't be delving in, um, in my humble estimation. Yeah, and let's let's talk yeah. a little bit as to why. Sorry, Anil, if you want to jump in, bro. No, no I was going to add some, but please, we can continue. <laughs> so, nah. yeah, let, let, let's, jump in, let's jump into why. Why is red pill bad? Why is it wrong? Okay. Wrong in the sense... <laughs> this, this is difficult because... I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say it's wrong, but I'm not going to advise brothers to get into it just because that's not wrong. Like I said, it's a double-edged sword and the blade, the handle is also bladed, you know. So, but the, it's problematic on multiple levels. You know, first off, what we have to do is we have to look at, like, where it started and why it started. Where and why it started was mostly because the non-Muslim guys were having problems with their women, right? And why were they having problems? Because these people have left their religion. I mean, when they were... and. In the sense of like, we're speaking in a general sense, a religious society is better than a non-religious one, you know. Um, I'm not, it's not a comparative to Islam, of course, uh, but I would rather live in a practicing Christian society than a, than, a, than a not practicing Western society, as we see right now with all of this stuff going on with children and these other types of things with uh, deciding what gender you're going to be. We see what happens when you remove the religion from a state and a nation and a people. They become worse. And so when they when this started to happen, they looked for answers. So Red Pill was reactionary to feminism and the sexual revolution. Already off the bat, you're wrong because now you're turning to like man-made uh, 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 systems in order to correct what? A man-made system and ideas which are faulted right off the bat. Muslims, we have a system. All you have to do is follow the book and the sunnah, everybody, men and women, and our problems will be rectified. But this is also a problem with us, unfortunately, as Muslims, is that you know we're looking for answers in places that, well, we don't need to look for them. So it's like, if we just stick to the book and the sunnah, first and foremost, red pill is not needed. Now, obviously we have um, feminism and whatnot and all these other movements coming around and everybody's like absorbing stuff left and right because we live in Western society. And whether we like to admit it or not, we do absorb a, a percentage of the culture of the people that we live with. And so in turn, Muslims started to see like, oh, I see sisters doing this because, you know, red pill and whatnot. You know, and we were looking for answers and it's like, oh, sisters are doing this. Yeah, that comes from this. And then we could start to correlate behaviors between Muslims and non-Muslims because, again, we're absorbing the culture around us instead of like, you know, sticking, you know, just holding on with our molar teeth <laughs> to the book and the sunnah. And so we started to also find answers. But then with finding answers, it's the same problem because it's reactionary. You're pulling in problems. You see what I mean? Because when we look at feminism, we see that the, the, the outcome has been negative. Right? And everybody, both the non-Muslims and the Muslims, the Muslims followed the non-Muslims in this, following handspan per handspan, as we know the Hadith says. We see the, the negative outcomes of feminism. What we haven't seen so far, or what we're starting to see now, are the negative outcomes of red pill. Because this is newly, this is a newly introduced concept, right? We've had, we've had a long time, 70 plus years of feminism, if not more, if we look at the suffragettes, um, and we've seen the outcomes of it. So now we start doing the same thing with red pill. We're just throwing like, hey, concepts and ideas out there, and we're not really sure what the results are. But we do now. Now we see, well, I call it red pill rot. We start seeing nihilism creep in. Because especially from the non-Muslim perspective, 
These guys got into it to learn about women. They learned about women. It worked. But what happened? Then they started seeing only negative about women and thinking only negative about women because what they wanted, they got. What did they say? Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> so they started sleeping with women because the, that was the primary goal of them, uh, of theirs with Red Pill. And then they were like, well, women can't be loyal because I'm going out here using what I learned to sleep with people's wives. And therefore, if I get married, that's going to happen to my wife. Why would this happen to a Muslim? If we're sticking to the book of the Sunnah, we're following our religion. What do we do? We, we, we keep it in our pants, right? It's easy to chase the dunya, but we don't. We resist. And so it's just from the, from the ground up, there's a lot of problems for a Muslim when he starts looking at red pill. It's just chock full of it. And I, nobody's been there longer than me. I, you find me a Muslim that's been there longer than me. Nobody can tell me I'm wrong. I've had brothers. That's a problem. Yeah, I've had brothers from university. Brothers. When I say brothers, I'm talking about us, brothers, Muslim brothers. He said, yeah, I, I learned red pill. And, you know, because I got rejected by a sister I really wanted. I really wanted to marry this sister. This is a true story. Brother told me this. And, and may Allah, I hope Allah rectified his fear. I don't know what happened to him. We stopped talking a long time ago. I advised him with the fear of Allah. He's like, and then I was so mad that I just started sleeping with sisters all over the university. He said, to the point that I slept with over 20 sisters on a university campus. He says, just out of anger. He wasn't even, he was just mad. He just wanted to basically, like, one of those people that just, like, destroy the world, you know? He wants to watch the world burn. And this really, I think that was the point when I was, like, I was already on the idea of retro rot. And then right there, I was just like, you know what? This is, like, this is super problematic. And that was the day that I decided I was, like, you know, I wasn't going to teach game. I was going to teach, like, you know, uh, anything else about red pill. And I started, like, really moving away from it. Yeah, yeah, that's good to hear. It's fun yeah. a lot. Before I get into what I wanted to say, Anho, bro, I want to hear your thoughts on this. I was going to add on to it that it's the problem is now that a lot of Muslims will say, oh, well, why don't we just take from it what works? Like, take the good stuff and then leave the bad stuff. But then it's like you said, if we're on the Quran and we're on the Sunnah, if we're actually looking into this, I mean, this gives you everything that's the good things that you would find in Red Pill. I mean, yeah, I used to, I used to say that. I, I would say it's like cooking. You know, I used to say red pill is like cooking. You know, it's, the, the comparison is cooking. It's like, you know, if you have a hamburger, we can one for one make a hamburger as a Muslim because we can use beef, chicken, whatever else. Bacon burgers, we can still copy because we have beef bacon, turkey bacon. There's chicken bacon. No, there's not chicken bacon, but there's turkey and beef bacon. So we can make, you know, bacon burgers. But if you want a pork chop, there's no way you can like... You can't replace the pork out of a pork chop sandwich. It's pork chop. Therefore, we abandon it. And that was my idea with Red Pill at the time. But it's just, you know, there's channels out there. And, you know, I love all my brothers out there. But we see it. It, it. No matter how you deal with Red Pill, it ends up adversarial. Because the reality is there, there is a reality there. And this comes into the part where we talk about the realities. Uh, but it's also problematic. Men and women do have different rep reproductive strategies. And automatically, when you push yours, you're going to put yourself in conflict with a woman. But it's not necessary because the book in the Sunnah covers all this already. Right? Yeah. It tells us how to deal with our relationships from polygyny to monogamy to whatever else. So really, what do we need? We need to go back to vetting our partners, you know, properly, making sure that they're upon the religion so that they act upon the religion. So when you marry somebody, you don't have these problems. Yeah, and look where the problem really lies. We as Muslims, we're going to non-Muslims 
to try to solve our problems. It's like we, we don't, we didn't reflect and, and see that these non-Muslims as well, yeah. how are they going to know the truth? How are they going to know anything? They're over here working on, like, they don't have the objective truth. They don't have these ins this instruction manual, these guidelines that they're working off of. So they're just going with whatever they find. And they're finding this stuff that's a uh, red pill. So you're going to go to these people and you're going to try to get the answers for something that you're going to in your life. When in reality, maybe you should be looking at the proper Muslim men and who maybe they've, they've taken care of this issue because it's a rise in their life. Maybe if if you were to find these men and you were to ask them and take advice from them, then you would actually solve the problem that you're trying to solve in a much better light than going to someone who uh, just has no real direction, yeah. for lack of better words. You know, um, and it's funny because we've, we've had about like seven to 10 years of, of red pill right now that I've like, that I've been looking at. And I can't name personally anyone who's entered into the zone found what they were looking for and like properly exited it. I mean, everybody's still doing the same thing, same problems, same discussions over and over and over. If it worked so well, why are there still so many problems? Facts. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. For me, I came in, I, I found what I was looking for. I'm not advising you guys to do this. <laughs> I found what I was looking for. I found problems also, and I left. And then everybody's like, well, Abu American, you disappeared offline. Well, yeah, I got the life I want. But mostly, where did it come from? It came from the Book of the Sunnah. It didn't come from, like, Red Pill, you know? 99% yeah. of it. There's a few things that, you know, you could say, oh, uh, get money, get fit, whatever else. But that's just general information anyway. You want? Why would you not want to be in the best version of yourself that you want to be anyway? That, that does not, like, exclusively Red Pill. You know, I mean, even even that you'll find traces of it in Islam. You know, the strong believer is better and more loved by Allah than the weak believer. But there's you know, khair in everyone. And this is the thing. I mean, for like anyone who practices or believes in red pill, name one thing that's good in red pill that we don't have in Islam already. I promise you, anything you can name is already directly mentioned. <laughs> they look up to us. Well, that's why so many people have become Muslim. Yeah. yeah. That's why so many people have become Muslim. Just coming into the scene. I mean, we know, I think your brothers just did recently, you know, I wish I had time to like watch a lot of content, but your brothers just did recently did a, an interview with Steve though. He, he like became Muslim, right? Look, yep. look at that around. And I've seen a clear change in his mentality and his way of thinking since he's become yeah. Muslim. You know? Yeah. We've got all these brothers, all these people who have accepted Islam, alhamdulillah. You know, even me, like 11, 12 people accepted Islam through the Abu American channel. And I've never been about like that because I hold that that's specifically something that you need to be at least qualified for or have like, you know, being, being studied, which is the religion. And I felt like, you know, that's not, that wasn't, that was outside the scope of what I did. And people accepted Islam. Because why? Because the answers are there. Yeah. But you don't see them, you know, where do we see this in Red Pill? Like I said, we still got guys still talking about the problems that are happening today. If it works so well, why are the women still not responding the way you want them to? Yeah, that's a good point. Imagine if there was... I imagine if there was as many good practicing Muslim men as there were red pill men, you know, online and, and all that stuff, subhanAllah. And we, we would actually, this is the thing, we would really make an impact. I remember Myron, in, not the debate, but in the discussion he had on his podcast with Sneeko before, um, he was saying, like, feminism's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. I'm like, what is this, like, defeatist mentality, bro? Islam is here, and Islam is going to stay, and Islam is going to dominate. This is the mentality we need to have as men. Now, especially him, because he is a Muslim. Uh, at least, you know, he, he, he says he's a Muslim openly, alhamdulillah. So we take his word for it. And may Allah bless him and guide him. 
and uh, and his co-host as well. You know, this is a mentality Muslims need to have, and it's it's crazy because people people for some reason don't want to see as it uh, it as like you know red pill versus Islam. But I agree with what you said. It, it is a religion. I mean, think about it. They have their creedal beliefs, you know, hypergamy, or what a high-value man is, the goal. They have the entire goal, which is to be with women. They have their books, all the Rolo Tomasi books, 38 Laws of Power and that stuff. Um, I know he didn't write that one, but, yeah, that's one of them. They have their prophet, Rolo Tomasi. They have their, their da'is, you know, people like... Um, I don't want to name any names and kind of you know throw people out there, but you know they have the. You can think of a red pill person online that's that's promoting red pill. They have everything. They have the apologetics and everything. Yeah, indeed, absolutely. So yeah, I I, I don't know. I you know, I understand the appeal. Um, but guys, just stay out of it. It will it will mess you up one way or another. You know, alhamdulillah, I'm happily married. You know, to multiple women. You know, um. I consider my ham- my family life to be you know happy and stable, um, but I can't say that it hasn't left my you know impact and damage on myself. You know the only issue is like I said I'm very self aware of my behaviors. When I'm acting crazy online, I know I'm acting crazy <laughs> online, guys. <laughs> so when I'm at home, I also know when I'm like when I'm displaying negative attributes, and so I'm, I think to myself like, okay, where did this come from and why? And I can I can literally 100% trace it back to, to Red Pill. And this is something that, you, you know, in general, you need to be anyway self-aware of like, your, you know, what causes you to act and behave in certain ways and what triggers you. But um, I'm telling you, if you spend time in that zone, guys, you're going to pick up a whole lot of different triggers that are not that you don't have to. We all have baggage as human beings. Don't don't go around like just picking up more just for the sake of picking it up. You're carrying whatever your parents put you with, you know, and all this type of other stuff. You, you got bullied, bullied in school or whatever <laughs> you went through in life. And then you want to go into a zone of a bunch of guys. Generally, what I call, and let me just go ahead and throw this in here because you guys know I love my rants. Vast suppressing, suppressed individuals trying to tell you how to have a relationship. If you don't know what vast suppressing is, women have oxytocin, men have vast suppressing. This is the bonding chemical that your body excretes when you're in a relationship. Now, what happens when you have too much? Let's just boil it down to dopamine. Let's just boil it down to dopamine. You know, you get high, you get dopamine. You get excited, dopamine, right? And then if you have down, if you have too much dopamine in your body, what happens? It's called down regulation receptor transcription, meaning you need more of that thing in order to get that old high back. These guys who are teaching you red pill, they're out here sleeping with tons and tons of women. Well, what are they good at? They're good at sleeping with tons and tons of women. That means he's vast suppressing. He's, suppressing. he's experienced down-regulation, receptor transcription, and vast suppressing. What's he going to teach you about a relationship? Nothing. Because he doesn't know how to maintain a relationship. Yeah. And what do Muslims want? We want families. We want children. And this guy, he can't teach you that. I, I, it's not a joke. There's guys from the red pill scene. I'm not going to crap on them. Some of my, my friends, as much as they can be as Muslims, non-Muslims, they contact me for help on how to keep the women that they get. And you'd be surprised at some of the names. So, what are you learning? I'm telling you, they can't teach you. They can't teach you. You, Okay, maybe they'll teach you how to get a girl. You can't keep her now. What are you gonna do? You gonna end up like me, like Abu American with like 14 divorces? No, don't. (laughs) You think I wanted to end up like that? I didn't. I came from a stable two-parent household that lasted for a long time. You know, my parents are separated now, but they, long after we left the house, long when we grew up, you know? You don't want to end up like that, guys. I'm telling you, because every time it happens, it hurts. It hurts. 
And that's something they don't tell you also. They run around, they act alpha, whatever else the, the going term is, and there are a bunch of guys out there that are hurt because there's always, you're always going to meet that girl, and you're going to be like, wow, she's amazing. And then when it doesn't work the way you want it to, you're going to get hurt. And it's just, it's all you're going to do is you're going to get married to some sister and you're going to hurt her and it's going to cause a chain reaction of BS for a whole bunch of people because then she's going to go hurt somebody. You're going to go out and probably screw it up again. How many single mothers do we see in the Ummah? How many divorced brothers do we see in the Ummah? Do we need more? Stay away from that stuff, guys. Well, why you stay away from it? Hurt people, hurt people. Rant over. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. But on hell, you're right, man. You're absolutely right. Hurt people, hurt people. It's unfortunate. It creates oh. a it creates a very flawed approach, you know. It's like it's like how we said, you know, someone goes to this person and they're trying to figure out, oh, like, how do I uh, keep this woman that I'm with? It's like, bro, this person doesn't even know how to keep the woman. So what they're gonna tell you is from their own hurt perspective, their own flawed perspective. So that means that the advice you're getting is going to lead you to the same results that this person yep. got themselves. You know, before I became Muslim, bro, like I, when I stumbled onto the red pill, it was all about uh, the whole women thing, right? Female nature, all this stuff. It was actually following the split between me and the woman that I was with, uh, again, before Islam. And I wanted to understand, like, what happened? Why was it that this occurred? How can I stop this from happening? How can I keep women? How can I have multiple women? All this stuff. And I remember watching these people, and, you know, there's no reason to even say the names. It's, uh, I'm not trying to put anyone down because we're all kind of learning as we go. But, but these people, what they were spitting, at first, it seemed like gems. Mm. At first, I was like, oh, wow, like, this is it. Like, I've been missing out on this. This is the truth. And the more I went on it, I, I experienced exactly what you said, bro. It's the rot, the red pill rot, where I, I start to feel very bitter towards women. I'm still here trying to, like, get women, trying to do all this stuff, yet I'm very bitter. And I'm over here saying that uh, every woman is, uh, I mean, I don't know if I can say this here on the stream, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. Bro, I, I, would, I would even go as far as to say that my own mom and my own grandma and my own sister were this. Mm. May Allah forgive me, bro. May Allah forgive me. But this is the kind of mentality that this was putting in my head. And it wasn't until I let go of Red Pill that everything that I was trying to look for before Red Pill actually revealed itself to me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it has. I think it causes more. It's, it's, I'm trying to. Let me focalize my. Let me focus my thoughts here. It causes a lot of damage in the sense that I'll just, I, I like to speak for myself. So let me speak from myself and then I can give examples from others that I've seen. I, like I said, it helped me get what I wanted. I got like the women I wanted. They were beautiful, amazing, whatever else. But then why couldn't I keep them, you know? And then it puts you, again, like you said, in this spiral. And because people are ego-driven creatures, most people don't really see the fault of their own in what happens, you know? And this is, this is actually how I wrote the vetting guide when I wrote it, you know, because I was like, okay, what am I doing wrong? Because when I, when I came into this whole scene over 10 years ago of red pill and everything, I was like, what am I doing wrong that I can't stay married, you know, or I can't meet a woman or whatever else. And then when I actually figured it out, I started getting the women and things still weren't working. I was like, okay, I, I followed the steps. The steps worked. What happens now? Why am I still having negative results? So I started looking at myself, you know. 
And then when you start putting the, the, the puzzle pieces together, you start looking at others, you start listening to others, like, okay, this isn't going to work. And when you look at the non-Muslims, it's not working. Fresh and Fit can have that show every single week. What's changed? He can do that show every week for the next 20 years. You think it's going to change? It's not going to change. It doesn't fix anything. Islam has always by the affairs of the people. Always. We have not seen this from Red Pill. And I've been in the Red Pill scene over 10 years now. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's beautifully said. And just to add to that point, I think the to point out the exact issue is, is it's that it's a reaction, right? Like if you're always reacting to what someone else, like let's say you're in a fight, you know, you're always reacting to what they're doing. You're never going to throw anything. You're not going to win that fight. Eventually you're going to lose because you're just reacting. Red Pill's reaction to feminism. And it's really kind of highlighted with the way they speak about it. It's like, okay, this is how, you know, you, you get women. It, the whole thing is focused on women. You know, watch out for these extreme type of women. That's a reaction. You know, only go for the women that will X, Y, Z. Again, a reaction. They are, I think, so broken and defeated that they have made their goal just sleeping around. And I think for a lot of guys, if they realize that these men, their entire goal in life is to sleep with random women they will instantly be turned off and be like, yeah, that's kind of sad. And, and it's kind of a bait and switch if you think about it. Red pill is the biggest bait and switch that I've seen in recent history. Because you get in and they're like, work out, make lots of money, be a good man, you know, build your brotherhood. And you're like, I love that. I need that as a man. We all need that as a man. Yeah, let's, let's do it. And then it some, at some point switches and it's like, so you can get all these women. Now you're kind of black pilled or now you're a mig tower now like you're just in some weird extreme or you just feel rage because you're you're just very angry at women because they've been reduced in your mind to the this this insane sick gold digging creature that will just you know eat whatever from anyone and then end up with the the man with the most money or something like that it's very very sad and depressing yeah you know and that's the problem at its core being reactionary instead of like, you know, focusing on the book and the sunnah. You know, if a lot of guys would just like, like, and this is, this is not a sales pitch, but if guys would just focus on vetting, period. Don't don't use Abu American's vetting system. Use your own vetting system, which should be the book and the sunnah. If you stick to the vetting system of the book and the sunnah, which is marry a woman with religion, you're not going to have any problems with feminists. Brothers are the oddest, sisters, feminists, that one's feminist, whatever else. Okay, your exclusionary zone doesn't have to involve a whole bunch of red pill or whatever else. Exclude women who are just like not the ones that meet the standard that we want as Muslim men, period. Khalas, all your problems are solved. You don't need to go external, you know. I, I understand the appeal because there's a lot of women out there that are like chasing or they don't even realize they're affected by feminism. But then again, that makes your job easier. And if you feel like whatever else, if you, if you want to have a negative feeling and say, hey, you know what? I don't I don't think in the West I can find a woman I want then go back home or go somewhere else in another country. I don't have a single Western wife. It's not because I, I hate Western women. It's just the attributes I'm looking for are from women that are not from the West, unfortunately. Yeah. There's always a solution. Yeah, you know? 100%. And you uh, don't have Islam for it. Sorry. No, no worries, bro. I was just going to add on to that point and say, also, obviously, we don't want to overestimate our own influence and be like, oh, yeah, I can change her. But at the same time, don't completely underestimate your influence and say, you know, you know, I can't, maybe I can't help her. Maybe there's room there. And I, I find that with a lot of brothers and sisters. You know, it happens, I think, more so with brothers that, they, they're like, when I'm older, I'm going to have multiple wives and my women are all, all going to submit to me because they're the women and I'm the man and all this stuff. And then they actually enter a relationship and realize this is a human being. It's a lot deeper than just, oh, she's a woman. She's going to submit. You're the man. You're on top. 
you know, there's a lot of intricacies. You have to be passionate and merciful and loving and, and all this stuff. Because being a leader doesn't mean that you, you smack down a hammer on people's head. It means that you lead properly with love and compassion. And you make sure that you're doing everything you can for their benefit and progress and the benefit and progress of the entire team that you're leading. Right. And yeah. when a man gets to that point, he usually switches back on a few of the things that he's, he's, he said in the last year or two. And I think it's the same with sisters. You know, they get married, they realize that there's a lot more to men than, you know, um, what they've been told or what they've been taught. They just need the right man. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I mean, this is also true. I mean, if a guy's doing what he's supposed to be doing, and I mean, we're just talking in general. Like I said, a lot of this stuff that they're, they're preaching, it, it's disconnected from Red Pill. Like I said, if, you know, why would you not go to the gym? You just, why not just be the best, most fit version of yourself that you can be? You know, it's going to make it easier to do your hajj. It's going to make it easier to do your salah in old age. You know, if you build your body now, that's nothing. That's not connected to Red Pill. And women like that, you know. So being the best version of yourself in general, disconnected from external ideologies, you know, it's going to help you. Absolutely, without question, you know, um, there are there is more to men. And women have learned some, some, some uh, very interestingly uh, incorrect information on men. <laughs> I don't know how to rectify that, you know, as a guy, but um, yeah, we have the answers in Islam. All we have to do is look to it. And like you said, and, and then the reality is you, you're absolutely right. You have to be a vanilla, I mean, just some general advice, you know, advice to guys out here from a guy who's probably done everything wrong that you can do in a relationship. And I can tell you right now, as a guy who's alhamdulillah happily married now, uh, is benevolent dictatorship, I guess, is what, um, is what you need, where, where it's like, you know, you are a dictator, but at the same time, it's like your people are your people and you love your people. And so you do the best for your people, you know, but at the end of the day, the responsibility and accountability is yours. And women do want you to lead. Th that doesn't take Red Pill to tell you that, you know, women always wanted leaders. That was known before Red Pill popped up and they put it under the Red Pill idea or the Red Pill concept. These are basic, simple things that we see in Islam, you know, yeah, but yeah. you have to study the Sira. You have to study, you know, Islam to see these examples. And the biggest problem I think that we have in today's time is the ability to extrapolate this from the Sira and from the Hadith. I think this is a big problem where it's like the ability to extract that information and say, ah, here's an example, you know. Yeah, but, yeah that's beautifully yeah. said. Actually, it reminded me of something I read in, in this book called the, uh, the Creed of Imam al-Bayhaqi, rahimahullah. This is on the, the chapter of, you know, obedience to the, to the rulers and uh, kind of those in authority. And I'm trying to find the exact hadith because it mentions, the, you know, the husband, so on and so forth. So maybe one of you can jump until I can find it so I'm not wasting time. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking at some of the comments here. MashaAllah, brother's going off on your comment section. MashaAllah. <laughs> in a good way or a bad way? There's uh, a lot uh, going on here. <laughs> they, maybe they don't like the, the dictator term. Yeah, that's not being a dictator. That's just being a leader. Um, I mean, a dictator is a leader, you know? <laughs> just, I think it's more so what kind of leader. The reason why I use dictator is because the, the reason why I say dictator, um, it has negative connotations. But at the same time, it's it's it doesn't have to be negative we've turned it negative because of again western socialization but if we look from a literal term from if we go all the way back to um the khulafa it's a dictatorship they decide what is final period there's no argument on it there's no discussion 
and he makes decisions for the best of his people. You dictate to your people what is going to be and what is not going to be. It's not a negative thing. I mean, look at look at democracy. <laughs> How's that working out? You know, uh, you got a bunch of people who might not be so smart voting on who's going to be the smartest and the leader. And then we see with Western leaders how things are going. It's not going yeah. very well. Yeah, you know? I think I think just the term dictator has a really bad connotation. Like, look at the I movie so. The Dictator. People yeah. think of like. Um, <laughs> Kim, Kim Jong-un or whatever his name is, people think of, you know, these horrible people who just will, like, cut off, like, three generations of your family if you, like, you yeah, know, look at them the wrong way. Ideas, like I yeah, said. yeah 100%. 100%. Yeah. I, actually, I just found the hadith. It was in the chapter earlier. And the messenger of Allah, he said, and this is in Bukhari and Muslim, Indeed, each of you is a shepherd, and each of you is responsible for his flock. So he already paints a picture of, like, a shepherd leading, you know, his flock of sheep or whatever. The ruler who is over people is a shepherd and responsible for them. This is like the Khalifa, this is the leader of the, the entire nation. The husband is a shepherd over his household and responsible for him. So just like the ruler is a shepherd of the entire nation, the father is a shepherd of his, his entire household. He has to lead them, you know, as if he's a shepherd leading his flock, his sheep. A man's wife is a shepherd over her husband's home and her children or their children, and she is responsible for them. A man's slave is a shepherd over his master's property and responsible for it. Each of you is a shepherd and each of you is responsible for his own flock. This is why Islam is so beautiful. Accountability. When you are not in charge, right? Like, for example, let's think of the, the man outside of this context of his house. He's not the leader. The Khalifa is the leader. So he must obey. He must be a follower in that case and obey the leadership. Absolutely. When he's in his house, he has a responsibility. Because some men don't like it, to be honest. They want to be lazy and not have to leave their house. I was working all day. And, you know, some lazy men are, are like that. You get there. You actually have the responsibility. You not, yes, they're right, but also the responsibility. You have to leave now. You have to take care of your family. You have that responsibility there. And the, the wife and the kids have to listen. When the father is out, it's the wife's responsibility. The kids have to listen. And so on and so forth. So that's the beauty of Islam. Accountability. Red pills like, you know, make money and be with XYZ and then you can kind of screw off till you die. Astaghfirullah Yeah, and a lot of times um, what I'm seeing also recently is like a lot of these guys, they're, they're living lives that are not congruent with their message. You know? Yeah. Um, so you'll have like some guys out here, they're, they're, they're preaching this ideas, these, these concepts, and it's like then, then there'll be some, you know, expose on their entire life and it's like, whoa, Bro, you live like that? <laughs> you know, it's like what happened to the whole red pill thing, man? What are you what are you doing here, homie? <laughs> so uh I'm seeing a lot of that too, you know. Uh and so yeah, it's really just mm, mm. if it worked so well, why is there so many contradictions and conflicts, you know? Yeah, I don't know. This goes into the thing like single mothers. Let's talk about that real quick. Red pill, like they really you know, in the red pill world, they really rail and rally against single mothers, you know, and fair. Every individual is allowed to have their preference. You don't want to marry a single mother. Don't marry a single mother. That's your preference. Knock, knock yourself out. You know what I mean? Some people are not going to want to marry black people. Some people are not going to want to marry Arab people. Some people are not going to marry whatever. You're allowed to have your preferences. Knock yourself out with it. But what we don't do in Islam and what we've never seen from the book and the sunnah, and which is why I don't do it, is we don't see anybody just taking dumps on single mothers. Whether widowed or divorced, we don't see it Islamically anywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like, why 
would you as a Muslim now start rallying and you know and railing uh, against a brother who decides to do that? It's his choice. Let him have it. Khalas, why are you why are you why are you getting into this? <laughs> this is not your business. He he took a, he made a decision. He understood. He calculated it. Maybe he didn't. Who cares? Say, you got married, Mabruk. Why you got to get all into his business? You know, red pill like, ah, oh, but you marry a single mother, you're cooked out, you're this, that, you're whatever, you're blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah I never understood that, bro. I never understood that the people are so quick to judge another guy and they'll say, oh, bro, he's a cook. This man, yeah, he's over here, he married a single mother. Or something like this, like, bro, at the end of the day, it's between him and Allah. Yeah, like, I, if he chose I, to marry this woman, he's going to be responsible for this woman. Now he's going to be responsible for this kid or multiple kids. And it's like, bro, that's in and of itself. That's that's like a sadaqa jariya or a sadaqa, I should say, not a jariya. But uh, I mean, you, you get the picture, right? So, I mean, just do what you want to do. If you don't want to marry, if that's outside of your preference, knock yourself out. If it's your preference, knock yourself out. I just don't see why we got to get involved in type these types of conversations. It doesn't even make sense to me. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's the wildest thing. Okay, you don't like it, don't, then fine. But now you got to make it like a whole part of your movement. And okay, fine. You want to make it part of your movement or part of your entire like you know speech that you put online twenty four seven? What's that got to do with Muslims? Because we don't see this in Islam. Yeah, bro. I'm gonna be honest. I've never taken that position. I say it's difficult. I've done it. Mm-hmm. It's difficult. <clears throat> you know, now we start making statements about the individual that have no foundation within the book and the sunnah. This is very dangerous. Yeah. You know, now you're setting a new precedent because now you're talking about Muslims who are doing something that's from the religion, getting married, whether she's a single mother or not, whether she's virgin or not, and maybe she's divorced or whatever else. Again, not your business. And you're making a negative connotation on him you're making a, a negative opinion on him for doing something halal cave yeah. how where, where are you coming from with this but it did some he could go out he could go out and make zina he could go out and make zina with a virgin you gonna clap hands what where what's the what's the determining line here now yeah and that's the thing see that's the problem most people would be okay with that they would be like okay i just go and and some sisters are the same when it comes to polygyny it's like i'd rather have him just you know go to like a woman for a night and sleep with her and don't marry her don't marry her it's like i bro i swear some of these extreme red people red pill people are just as toxic and stupid as the extreme feminists they say the same exact things you know with the women it's like don't my man can't be polygynous oh my god you're in a polygynous relationship how dare you how could you you're oppressed you're this you're a housewife you don't work oh my god you're oppressed you're, you you had a child at 22 oh my god how could you do that? Don't you want to travel and see the world and Mars and Jupiter and all this stupid stuff? And then the guys are like, oh, my God, you married a divorced woman. Oh, my God, your wife. You know, well, I mean, I don't, hopefully they wouldn't ever find out about something like this in your personal life. But like things like, oh, she's not a virgin. If they ever hear that, it's like they're going to lose their mind. She's been divorced before. She has a kid. It's like what, like this shows how selfish you are as an individual, how selfish you are. If, let's say polygyny was normal. This, man, right? this, this is why people got to stay in their own lanes, man. That's yeah. it right there. Stay in your lane. Brother made a choice. Yeah, 100%. Let's, let's, let's say that polygyny was, was normal nowadays, mm-hmm. right? And was accepted. How many single women would be married now? How many more children would be taken care of now and have like a, a male role model to look up to? I think that the father, obviously the biological father should be involved. But just in case he, you know, he's passed away or he's not there or something, there should be that relationship with a, with a role model. 
And that is fundamental. That is crucial to a good, upstanding society that is not broken. And what we are living is a dystopic society that's only getting worse because of red pill, yes, and because of feminism. And all we need is Islam to fix it. And we've shared practically why as well so far. Yeah. Absolutely. Bro, just think about this. Think about this for a second. It's whether it be a man or a woman who are throwing dirt on another man or a woman for their actions. Like, imagine this other person. Like, imagine this guy. He's marrying this uh, single mother, and he's doing it for the sake of Allah. And imagine you, as an individual, you are basically slandering. Is it slandering? Or is it, what's the other word? It's this praise for something. Backbiting. My bad. My bad. Backbiting. Accepted. So, okay. So, let's say you, as an individual, bro, you are backbiting him. He's doing this for the sake of Allah, and you're backbiting him, calling him a cuck for his action. It's like, bro, congratulations. Now, all of, you're going to carry all his sins. This is a strange thing. I don't, I, don't, I don't have praise for it. I don't have this praise for it. I just, that's an individual choice. And it's a halal one. And you know how am I gonna how am I gonna crap on the guy for a halal choice? That's what he chose. It's weird. It's strange. It's very strange. Um, you know. And again, this is something that's like contrary to Islam. Where do we pick this ideology up? You know what I mean? Where do we get it from? Why? You don't have to. Okay, don't clap your hands, but don't don't crap on the guy either. Now, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a really if you think about it from an Islamic standpoint. From the standpoint of the Muslims, when you're looking at Hadith, when you look at the Book of the Sunnah, when you're looking at Sirah, it's a weird position to take as a Muslim. Maybe for a non-Muslim, okay, you knock yourself out. You guys think that kids can change their gender also. So, <laughs> so you know, it kind of makes sense y'all be mad about some weird stuff, you know, that another individual chooses, you know, in that regard. But for us as Muslims, it's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit strange, man. It's a bit strange. And this is, you know... I guess yeah. this is where red pill is infecting the Muslims. Indeed. You know, where, where it's like, let's say all Muslims were on the Quran and Sunnah, uh, they wouldn't be reacting this way. They wouldn't be thinking this way. And they would see it and they'd be like, okay, like, how is he Like, you do your thing, right? It's yeah. between you and Allah. But now you got the, the red pill stuff. It's, it's slowly infecting the minds of Muslims, especially young Muslims. Uh, yeah. That's the big picture here, is young Muslims. Indeed. Um, yeah, okay, uh, I just look at a comment here. So later, RP says we're never going to get rid of red pill simply because feminism is never going away. It's been forced onto the world so hard. But this goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's like, you know, this is where your betting comes in. It's where you, like, you start eliminating women who have feminist ideology or very strong feminist ideology that you don't think can be, um, what's the word? Um, like removed from her, like expunged from her through marriage. Why would you marry somebody like that? There's a lot of sisters out there looking to get married. I, I'm, I'm 50 years old, have multiple wives, 10 children, and I'm still getting proposals. Allahumma barak. Guys, there's a lot of women out there. You don't have to just take whatever comes your way. You don't have to just accept whatever. I, just today, a sister, she's 28 years old, she contacted me. She's 28 years old, sister. Just come at me like goofy with this. And I'm not bragging here, but I'm just giving you an example. She's a beautiful sister. She's absolutely gorgeous, you know, from North Africa. But she just came like all aggressive, whatever else. What do I say? You know what? I told her, I said, you seem very aggressive. You seem very upset. You seem very angry, very masculine. I said, it's not really what I'm looking for. So I hope, um, you know, I hope you find what you're looking for. Why do you have to deal with that? You don't have to deal with these types of sisters. You don't have to. 
But again, it comes back to that entire mentality of red pill rot. It just puts it into your head like, you know, oh, this is an amazing option and she was ruined by feminism and therefore any option I get after this might not be as good and they're all bad or, or, or something along those lines. It's just it, I, I've never seen like a very, very, very clear line of thought from an Islamic perspective, you know, when it comes down to like, you know, reconciling the two. Yeah. Yeah, and like I said, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'll be a liar to say I didn't benefit somewhat from red pill. But again, I have my share of dams, like I said, that I carry with me and I see it to this day, you know, um, that red pill rot. And I have to really, really check that. I really have to like, OK, where is this coming from? Why am I, you know, acting like this or experiencing this right now? And let me let me walk back from this. It's not, it's not easy. It's not easy. You pick that stuff up and it like it kind of stays with you. Yeah, one hundred percent. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, protect us and make it easy for us. It, it is it's hard when you when you kind of shape your whole reality based on one worldview and then have to make a switch. Um so yeah. may Allah make it easy for us. But I do want to point one thing out on that same comment you're responding to. They said something like, you know, red pill's not going anywhere because feminism's not going anywhere and, and sorry, I put that up by accident, but regardless, um, you know, feminism's not going anywhere. Uh, and that stuff. Can you imagine if the Prophet had that mentality? Idol worship is everywhere. It's not going to go anywhere. You know, anything I do is going to be in vain. And bro, he was literally the only Muslim on the face of the earth who believed in Islam at a, at a point in time, yeah. right? Because he was the first Muslim at a first time. And then he went to his people and he preached to them. He got a small group. He he built them up to be good men to stand up against idol worship to 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 call to Islam properly. And then they started doing that. He got his elites and so on and so forth. They kept pushing it. And then eventually they, they uh, this is a, you know oversimplification. Eventually they conquered Mecca. They were, you know, kind of given the authority in Medina. They, everyone was Muslim, so they accepted them as the, as the leader. And then they went and they conquered up to like, you know, Rome and like the borders of China and stuff. I'd love to get not top G on the show. I mean, I know we said we would like to try and do some call-ins. That would be amazing to get him on here. He's saying the Matrix got you, Abu oh, America. Let me tell you something. Red pill is the Matrix. It's part of the Matrix. 100%. If 100%. feminism is the matrix, reactionary to feminism, how is it not part of the matrix, dude? Tell me how it's made Western society better for men yeah. in general. Where have we seen the improvement of Western society? We actually have all the red pill guys talking about all the, 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 the 304s out there, but they're out there making 304s with what they learned from red pill. Yeah. yeah. Help me out, man. How's it not the matrix? 100%, 100%. And I would like for these people, you know, these extreme red pillars and extreme feminists to actually make an actual case, you know, provide some kind of argument. Don't give this weird speculative garbage. Like, like make a comment that just does not have to do with speculation. Make, make actual points. Don't just say, oh, the Matrix got him. That's such a cop-out to not have to deal with what people are saying. It's so annoying. Like, imagine, imagine I looked at you, I'm like, oh, he's just a soy boy. I don't have to listen to what he's saying. It's like, I don't think you'd really appreciate that. You'd want me to, you know, engage in your, with your comment intellectually. So we do invite you and everyone else on the show, inshallah. We were going to do a call-in, but I realized that our, our fan base is solely basically Muslim. We're not really going to get a lot of red pill people jumping on. But yeah. if you guys want to jump on, inshallah, we invite you. Just go to the Three Muslims Discord, verify, go down to the call-in section. And we will bring you up, inshallah. I mean, it's clear that there's a lot of, you know, pros in there, you know, um, pro, pro, pro uh, red pill ideology guys, you know. Uh, some of them I know, you know what I mean? Some of these guys are on my Discord, you know. Like Sule. I've known Sule for a long time. Nice brother, loving to death, you know. Uh, 
You made the comment about it. Bro, pause for a second. Pause for a second. This guy who is saying that you are basically the Matrix got you or something like this. And just let's think for a second, right? Let's say that, okay, for them, Red Pill is like out of the Matrix. It's like, it, it is what it is, okay? It, clearly, this person has not looked into Red Pill uh, deep enough. Right, it's like you said. When you start getting really deep in the red pill, number one, you get the red pill rut. Number two, you start getting this, all this ridiculous stuff. Like how we first said on the stream, where Rolo is over here saying that every man needs to get a vasectomy. What kind of trash is this, bro? And listen, bro. When I was into the red pill stuff back in the day, I started really looking into it because again, like this stuff was making a lot of sense. And the the deeper I got, I actually started finding out about things like MGTOW, like men going their own way. And I was like, you know what? Exactly what you said, Rami. I was like, you know what? I need this in my life. I need to be like this. I need to be strong. I need to be going in my own direction. I need to make my own money. I need to make myself into something in this life. Because it's not given to me. I have to create it in my life. And the deeper I got into this, I, got, I started looking into like MGTOW channels. And bro, some of these guys were saying, oh, uh, disregard women. Don't even talk to women. Don't do anything with women. Yet they're over here promoting like sex dolls and uh, pornography and all this other stuff. I'm like, bro, what the hell is this, man? Like, this is so far off. Like, this, 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 something's like not aligned. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, for people who say that red pill is it, for people who say MGTOW is it, like y'all, y'all are clearly stuck in the system and for then you to look at someone who has left the system and say ah oh, bro you're you're in the system you're in the matrix like bro clearly you haven't locked, like looked into it that much bro. i'm in the matrix with multiple wives 10 kids mashallah decent <laughs> career if that's the matrix then okay i mean a lot of these guys okay actually to the brother that commented that what define matrix what is a matrix when he says he's in the matrix what does that mean a lot of these guys can't define what the matrix is it's just a word that they throw up when you know when they don't like something oh that thing's bad yeah it's a part of the matrix what is the matrix this is another problem you know it oversimplifies complex problems you know um if the woman responds the way i want her to positive if she doesn't respond the way i don't want her to 304 and no, maybe she just don't like you, you know? <laughs> There's a lot more to it than just, you know, this oversimplification. Okay, I, I, maybe that's an extreme oversimplification that I've actually thrown out there. Maybe that's a little bit dishonest. But it, really, when you look at a lot of the, the, the public discourse taking place out there, this is like what it boils down to, you know? And um, it's just, yeah, it's all messy. It, it would be nice to get some of these guys on here, though. Where are you guys at? <laughs> yeah, 100%. We're waiting on you guys. Nobody's Go to been the... a Muslim in this zone longer than me. So I, I'm, I, if there's somebody out there who's been in this entire sphere longer than me as a Muslim, I please step forward. You have something to teach me. <laughs> You guys heard it here first. Go to the Three Muslims Discord. Jump on the, the after you verify, jump on the uh, the call-in show in the waiting room, and we'll bring you in, inshallah. But um, I'm telling you, bro, a lot of these guys, I, either they, they agree with you or they're too scared to come up. Like, that's what I realized about a lot of these comments. They will comment. They're on an anonymous account. They'll comment anything. They, they you know, their messed up mind will tell them to, and but they will never face you, even online. They won't even let you hear their voice. Yeah, I'm all my channel i have like live shows and i invite people on and it's really the the the, the trolls and the haters they they never come on yep 
yeah, 100%, 100%. It's weird, bro. Like, I sometimes I go live on TikTok and I look for people, you know, to have interfaith discussions with and debate. I've been trying, literally, I will sit on for an hour, two hours a night, like every night for like a week or bi-weekly. And like, I just, I have not spoken to anyone in like forever. People just don't want to talk. Welcome back on, huh? <laughs> yeah. Some reason I think he's bugging out. Yeah, I actually okay. had to drive to my to, to my other house because I stay between houses, obviously, with multiple wives to to actually be able to broadcast here because the connection wow. to the place with my other computer just doesn't really work right. So, wow. yeah. well, man, I'll bless you for doing that, bro. We appreciate that. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. I think it's it's been a great stream so far. Yeah. Can you recommend some good Sirah and Hadith translations? Um, translations of Sirah and Hadith. Um, people say the sealed nectar is good. I don't really know a good Sirah book in English, to be honest. Um, hadith translations, I don't think there's really... They're the, the popular publications. I, they're just not coming to my mind. Do you guys know any? Mm. No, when it comes down to Hadith translations, I mean, what do these guys call Dar es Salaam? They have the... Yeah, yeah, that's right. Muslim. You know, they have out multi-volumes. Those are, tend to be good. They're, they tend to be, like, you know, recommended by a lot of the Talib al that I know. Um, they Those two, right off the bat. I mean, if, you, <laughs> if you're a regular person, those books keep you occupied for the rest of your life, probably. You know, um, so, I mean, those from Dar es Salaam. Uh, uh, I think the Bukhari is, like, nine volumes, is it? I can't remember anymore. I have it. I left it in Qatar. I forgot it there. Mm. And the abridged Muslim is no, so Bukhari is like twelve volumes, and the abridged Muslim is like eight or something. Yeah, you spend a lifetime reading those, man. Yeah, and I want to give people kind of a tip when reading, unless you're like just an avid reader and like you're cool reading all the time. Um, if you're like me and like you just didn't grow up reading that much, you like you struggled a little bit, um, or like you don't have a great attention span, don't fall into the. Um, the habit of feeling like you need to read every word on the page and start at the beginning and go word by word all the way to the end. You can skim through a book sometimes and get a, a decent understanding. You can skim through paragraphs. And I asked, I, I asked my teacher about this. This is the sheikh, right? I asked him about it. He told me you should skim through the headings, skim through the subtitles, skim through the text, and then focus on anything you, you think will be super beneficial. Because yeah, a lot of the time, the intros to these books you could skip through. Obviously, with hadith, you can't really do that. With the Quran, you can't. Do, and that's one thing, by the way, side note, I love about the Quran. You can't skim through it. It's not like a chronological thing, you know. In the beginning was Adam, then you say, okay, let me skip to Nuh, alayhi salam. You, you can't skim through it. And that's why I think it's so beautiful, subhanAllah. Hadith is similar. It's just a bunch of narrations. Now you can skip to the book you want, the book of marriage or something. Other than that, yeah, it's packed full of information. It takes a long time to focus on. But I may log into knowledge. Sorry, I went on a little right there. Well, I guess there's no takers, huh? I'm telling you, brothers. I'm sorry. These people are scared, man. These red pill people—they're—they're actually scared to talk. Our red pill is man. That English, yeah, Kareem. I used to be an English teacher. Remove the R, put the is at the beginning. Is red pill, one 
of the fitness of the Dajjal. man, you gotta ask the ulama that. That's like. <laughs> yeah, I think I think there's this weird notion with the Dajjal that like he's not an actual being, he's not an actual person, but it's just all the misguidance that's happening today. <laughs> On one side, yeah, it starts to make sense, but then when you get to the hadith that talks about Jesus Alayhi physically like thrusting a spear into him and him traveling the earth in forty days and. Like it just doesn't make sense. So okay, safe there has a good question. Um, advice for brothers stuck in the red pill sphere. You know, there's this this little joke out there. And I'll say this because I was in that that thing. They say go out and touch grass. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, bro. It's actually more real than you think. Now I'm not saying literally go outside and touch the grass, bro. I mean, if you want to look weird to your neighbors, knock yourself out. You do that. <laughs> but you actually, bro. There's nothing. There's nothing for you online. You got to go out and you got to live, bro. You know, as a man who's been to like 51 countries, you know, speaks multiple languages and all this type of stuff. And I'm not, it's not bragging. I'm just telling you, there's nothing that you're going to learn online that you won't learn 10 times faster by actually going out into the world and experiencing it. Going out into the world. and ex You see, what happens is, is the Internet becomes a buffer for your fears. Guys are afraid to actually go and try and approach a family about marriage or go to a sister and say, hey, you know what? I want to talk to your Wali, whatever else. And so what do you do? You use the Internet, red pill, all these talks from other guys talking to women, talking about women as a buffer to not actually face your fears. 100. I'm telling you, I've seen it so many times. Brothers will tell you that around my men's community that's now turned into the discord. I'm like, yo, you brothers have been in this room. We got a room and it's called a bird trap and a bird trap. It's a joke. It's a play on words because the British call a woman a bird. It's like how to trap a bird, how to get a wife, basically. So it's a play on words. And it's the most active group. We've got money. We've got fitness. We've got multiple rooms where we talk about different topics. But the most active one is the bird trap. And I'm like, when are you brothers going to stop talking and going to actually get married? I was like, stop talking. This is like a buffer. This entire red pill sphere is a buffer to actually going out and getting what you want in life. You can't, you can't LARP this. You can't live action role play any of this. Go out and actually go for what you want. You're going to learn 10 times faster. Sometimes it's painful. But you know what? It's supposed to be. How are you going to learn anything without pain? You're a man. You have to experience it. And I'm not saying go out and like damage yourself and get like, you know, trauma. That's not what I'm saying. But how do you improve as a man? You experience something. You learn from it. And then you continue, right? You don't give up. You don't throw in the towel. My wife is sitting right over here. She's She's been with me for like six and a half, seven years. We've gone from absolute poverty to now it's like, well, you know, we were in the store yesterday and she was like, I was like, ah, I'd like to buy this. And she's like, why are you downing it? It's like, I've had that mentality of like, you know, like, hey, I ain't got the money to where it's like, why would I have to second guess a purchase like this? Inflation, this, that, the other. And she was just like, she reminded me, you know, you have to go through these experiences or you won't grow. 100%. projection. And I'm yeah. telling you, the internet thing, watching Myron talk to a bunch of girls, all this stuff. I love Myron to death. I talked to him. He was like the first person that he was on my show first when he introduced the show. When he introduced Fresh and Fit, it did it on my channel. I've known Myron that long. So mm -hmm. any guys watching that, what are you doing? Well, you're just using it as a buffer not to, ah, the woman, she's, she's just a 304 anyway. I don't need to talk to her. Oh, she's a feminist. I don't need to talk to her because she said something that sounded like something I heard on Myron's show. Bro, all of that stuff. Hey, kudos to them for their popularity or the show, whatever else. But I'm telling you, 90% of these guys out here using it as a buffer to actually go out and experience life. Yeah, 100%. Of, you know, so go out and touch grass, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we actually do have somebody who joined the call-in show. 
Um, it doesn't really have a name I can read out loud, to be honest, but uh, I do want to bring him up, inshallah. First, we got uh, Help Please, Red Pills Make Me Very Angry at Women. There you go. Whoa, who's playing the stream back because I can hear myself. It's Gordo, Gordo, brother, can you uh, mute, please? I'll read that while you're doing that. Help, please. Red Pill is making me very angry, woman. How can I stop listening to Red Pill? Because it makes me hate women. Thanks. You know what's going to make you... You know what? You know what will make you... <laughs> I hate to say this. This is what happened to me. I didn't really ever, ever hate women, but I ended up, like, getting hurt dealing with women that I wanted. I have women I wanted. Now, don't get me... I want... Now, don't get me wrong. That's all I'm saying. But, you know... When you actually lose something that you want, this comes back to out touching grass type of thing. It's like it's going to make you want to let it go. You're going to start like question like, OK, why didn't that work? Because this comes back to the baggage that you pick up. Why on earth would you start to hate women? I mean, just really think about that statement. What part of normal is that? My entire journey through all that stuff and then in it and then out the back door of it has never involved the hatred of women. There has been moments of anger, but then again, it comes back to like, okay, I actually want to be with women. That's why I have multiple women. I love women. So it's like, why would I actually want to be angry at women? It's going to totally poison the way you deal with them. It's going to block your ability to have a relationship with women. You have to really embed that into your mind and think, okay, this is, a, this is no longer aiding me. This is hindering me. This is that red pill rot. Bro, you know, you, know, you see the you problem. See the problem. Okay, I'm getting that going out too. So you see the problem. You really just need to take the action. You, you, I don't know what. Again, this comes back to the fear, bro. And just you know, don't take it as an attack. Please take it as a piece of advice. You're afraid to go out and expose yourself to like rejection. And and that's why you're afraid to leave that sphere because this sphere puts up a nice buffer between you and rejection, the pain of rejection, the fear of rejection. It's great because it makes you feel good. Because like, oh yeah, he told her, he showed her, you know. <laughs> You get rejected. Oh, yeah, she's like that girl. Nah, just let all that go, bro. It's part of the process. You know, it's part of the process. You have to go through it. You got to face the rejection. You got to face the fear. And you got to be able to come out of it without pain, hurt, anger, or whatever else. Because it's a right of a person, a woman or otherwise, to actually reject you and not want you, not want to be with you, to treat you with disrespect. It's their right. But it's also your right not to have to tolerate it. You don't need red pill to, like, accept that. That's just self-respect and dignity. Yeah, 100%, 100%. So I'm trying to um, I'm trying to set up the call-in show. So the way I do it is, uh, you guys, if you want, you can hop on Discord and then we can all talk there. Or I can try and share it on here and also share it with them on Discord so you can hear each other. Um, but that is a little bit difficult. You might hear a bit of echo once you know they, with me getting it set up. But I'm gonna try my best, inshallah. So let's see. Can I get somebody in the call-in show to talk? We got a few people here: Chef Gordo, PXY. Gordo. Uh, and then I'm not even going to try pronouncing that. Gordo's Can... a good brother, mashallah. Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. I love a brother piece of really enough, mashallah. Uh, can, can one of y'all just uh, say something? Hello? All right. I heard I heard someone. All right. I heard I'm someone okay. for a second. So. Audio. Okay. Let me try and uh, bring Anhel up. Now I'm going to try and share my screen for a second. Bear with me. <clears throat> hey, can you hear me? Oh, wait, I'm muted. Can you guys hear me? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, perfect. So let me add this here. 
Okay, oh, wow. now one of y'all talk. Can Abu American and Anhil hear the chat? <clears throat> Someone say something? You keep cutting in and out. I'm cutting in and out. Okay, I do hear it. Yeah. You hear them, okay. Now, can you it's guys good. hear my side? Can you guys hear like Abu American and those guys? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, can you hear the other guys though? Or just no, no, I think they're muted. Okay, wait, Abu American, say something please. Uh, I'm not muted. We I can't can hear, hear the other guys, but we can hear you. Oh, okay, I got you. So let me just, <laughs> I think this is what I got to do here. Okay. Yeah, his uh, microphone is muted. Okay, Abu American, say something please. Uh, I'm here. Okay, did you guys hear that? Okay, I need a representative oh. from you guys. Uh, Choosy Pandora, you didn't hear? You didn't hear him? No. Okay, I, I, I see his thing turn green, but I don't hear any sound. Oh, I didn't hear him. Okay, I got you. So, part you guys might hear a little bit of echo. If it gets too annoying, let me know. But I think this is the only way I can do this right now. Uh, I think you guys got to lower your uh, microphone sensitivity. Yeah. Okay, that's that's my fault. Do you guys want to just jump on the Discord instead then? Abu American, you have Discord? Yeah, I have yeah, Discord. Discord. Um, <laughs> jump on the Discord, where where? There are too many people in here. I'm going to have to put some in the waiting room for now um, or once we start. So uh, maybe, you know, discuss amongst yourselves who, who you guys want to be the first. <clears throat> so uh, am I going to stay on the show for this or oh, wait? Uh, I'm. Uh, if you don't mind just stepping in the waiting room, that'd be that'd be appreciated. Um, Abu American, why don't you just jump on Discord, turn your camera and mic on there, and then I'll share the screen here. Okay, okay. Right. Um, Bro, do you want me to do the same thing? Yeah, if you don't mind. Okay. Sure. Ronnie, uh, on can you send me the can you send me the link? Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, let me let me get it for you. Uh, I can drag you guys there. My Discord is up. Okay, copy. All right, I'm just gonna start dragging random people to the waiting room. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, and boom. I think that's a good start. All right, uh, Telegram's fine, bro. Yeah. yeah. American? All right. Absolutely. There you go. You're gonna have to verify uh, once you join, but that shouldn't take too long, inshallah. Hopefully not. Mm, I appreciate everyone's patience while we set this up quickly.
echo time. Yeah, that, that was my bad. It's not going to echo, inshallah. Okay, past the verification. So I'm in here, and then where is the room? Just scroll down in the channels, and you'll see uh, the call-in show area. Uh, Bro, I just closed Discord. I'll call and show. So now I need to mute, mute here, you saying? Turn yeah, so just, just, yeah, leave, leave the stream from here and then join on Discord. Okay. All right. All right. And then there was one. Alhamdulillah. Okay. Yeah, this is usually just the smoothest way to do it. So, uh, I guess we'll get it done this way, inshallah. All right, gentlemen, can you guys hear me? Hello, hello, can you guys hear me? Abu American, I think you're muted. Or is this my end? That might be my end. My end. Okay, my bad, guys. Okay, how's that? Much better. Yeah, it was my fault. Okay, making sure the chat can hear everyone. I think um I think now it's gonna be good inshallah. <laughs> okay, now I can't hear you for some reason. You can't hear me? The yeah, my mic is working, so you should be able to. User settings. I think it's on his end then. Now it's good? Okay. So everyone can hear everyone, I think, except Abu American. Mm. All right. Uh, Gordo, can you hear me, bro? There we go. Allahumma barak, man. Uh, you're muted. Yeah. I'll put the bus out. Here we go. Okay, I should be able to hear. Okay, you. sorry. I think. Okay, you there we go. Now. now I can hear you. All right, we're finally getting this Oof. thing going. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> it's a little bit complicated, but we got it. We got it eventually. Alhamdulillah. That's all that matters. Mm -hmm. All right, perfect. Oh, and I can turn my camera on too. That's sick. Beautiful. Let me focus this up. There we go. Oh, maybe we should just stream on Discord for now on, bro. It makes things easier. Yeah. There we go. All right, perfect. And uh, PXY, my friend, can you uh, turn on your mic? You don't have to turn your camera on if you don't want to, though. Where's are we here? continuing on the same topic of is uh, RP compatible with Islam or are we yeah. continuing on uh, something else? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be the whole topic of Red Pill. If you want to talk about, you know, if it agrees with Islam or not, then we can do that as well if it lines. I was just going to answer the question that was on the title if that's all right yeah go for it brother also assalamu alaikum and thank you guys for your uh, lovely content wow. i actually i believe i found abu american through 
you guys and Mahdi uh, a couple months before I became Muslim, about 16 months ago. So, alhamdulillah, it's been uh, quite, quite a journey, in fact. Alhamdulillah. May Allah bless you, my brother. Alhamdulillah. Welcome to Islam. Thank you, brother. And so I was going to say, um, so I'm 24 now and I actually, pardon me, I lost my voice a couple days ago, food poisoning. Um, I got into red pill, I guess, or learning pickup and game when I was 15 and I'm 24 now. And so I was agnostic at the time and my family is Christian and I began to explore that and it took me away from religion i feel like for a minute but then when my friend gave me dawah when i was 23 i realized largely a lot the, the good aspects of rp here i don't know if you can say the word to the algorithm but it is uh quite compatible with the proper practice of islam but honestly a person should just Follow authentic Sunnah and the Quran rather than waste many years in the pickup artists or RP space. Because honestly, they get a lot of things right, but they, they get the promiscuity aspect wrong. You know, RP is correct that Western divorce courts generally are a bad idea and legal marriage can often have bad consequences if applied wrong. Um, and that dread game... Um, and competition anxiety is a real thing amongst women and that, you know, the truth that women like intimacy more than men usually and that, um, you know, truths like this that are not typically discussed, you know, women like dominance and Girl. often what, you know, vanilla people might call like depraved acts in intimacy, things that the blue pill things don't really discuss, but, you know, a lot of young men are wasting time unnecessarily on the red pill when there is a far superior, infinitely superior dean, a way of life uh, to Can follow. Can I interject? Yeah, yeah. So, so this goes into like, I mean, and you know this because, you know, we talk regularly, I think, you know, um, when it comes down to like Western courts and Western divorce, what's the solution? Because I discuss this a lot, right? So what, what do I say? Do you remember? I would say it's best to avoid the legal paperwork as best as you can, or to find, you know, maybe a, another visa of sorts. Yeah, avoid Western marriage because Western marriage, from the legal sense, does not benefit the Muslim in any way, shape, or form. Legal marriage doesn't make the woman permissible to you. Islamic marriage does. You see what I mean? And if you're Islamically married, then a the woman's halal to you. So what do you need a legal marriage for? If a woman doesn't understand this basic concept, you shouldn't be dealing with her. I mean, that's just a basic like principle right there. It's like, why does she need a legal marriage from the West? There's only one reason why you need a legal marriage from the West. It's so that you can divorce court, destroy that brother. Well, why would you marry a woman like that in the first place? Because it makes no sense. You can, any country that I know of in the West, you can register the name of the father on the birth certificate. You know what I mean? Whether you're married or not, because they have common law, they have, you know, all these types of stuff where people are living together for years, having children together. Okay, well, Islamically, we fit that category. So, you see what I'm saying? Red pill, again, this comes back to what I was saying. Okay, red pill, yeah, we've got all this information out here, red pill, you'll get destroyed in the divorce court. But for Muslims, why am I going to legally marry? For what? Unless it serves a purpose. Like, maybe you got a woman out here and you want to bring her to a certain country. 
you know, and so you need the marriage to bring her out here. But in general, if you're out here in the West, there's absolutely no reason sisters should be demanding legal marriages. And if she is, then if that's not a big enough red flag for you to avoid her. Yeah. It's a sign of disinterest, really. It's a sign of needing, more. she doesn't have enough genuine desire for the man to not just want the deal as it is in halal, the way it was intended, needing to have state leverage, whether she knows it or not. Yeah. And, you know, you may have a good woman initially, and then she could put state leverage on when things go awry, potentially. Yeah, I want to jump again, in on this. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so I disagree with this because I think that it focuses too much on the male perspective. It doesn't actually look into what, you know, why the women do it. 100%, I think there are women out there that have bad intentions that just want to be able to have some kind of control or leverage. In cases, it can be red flags. A lot of the sisters, what they worry about is if they only get the nikah and not the legal marriage, then there is no state holding the man accountable for his injustices towards her. Under the Islamic law, if a man is unjust towards his wife, Islamically speaking, because the injustices don't always translate, if a man's unjust or unjust to his wife, Islamically speaking, it's not like, you know, you can go to him, or you can go to the, the court and say, oh, you know, he, he didn't give me my rights. He didn't pay for the groceries. He didn't cover the basic necessities. They're going to say, who cares? Yeah, you're a grown woman. You could do it yourself. You know, you're liberal. That's not fair, you know, and, and there are cases, may, even if people don't think it happens often, there are cases where men just completely like leave their wives and children and go off with somebody else. And these are things that at least sisters are worried about. So it's not always the case that, you know, they ask for legal marriage because they, uh, you know, they have some bad intention. But yeah, I'll understand. let you jump in. I understand. But then we come back again to the whole system of like the Wali. So now my daughter, let's say she gets married to an unjust husband. Well, what's my position here? Now it's my position to like go to him and say, hey, look, bro, you're not treating my daughter properly. Why? What, what's preventing you from this? And if I can't get a rectifiable answer or situation, you know, a situation that leads to rectification, what I say, I say, like, hey, look, you know what? We we did this through a Qadi. We're going to we're going to undo this by a Qadi because obviously you can't be just, you know, the, the yeah, thing but... is this. The legal system can't they, they can't invoke or or bring about Islamic rights in the Islamic household, they're not going to be really interested is my, is, is what I'm saying. It's like, you know, well, he, he doesn't pay the rent or he demands I play half. Well, the, you see what I'm saying? The, the court would be like, well, what's wrong with that? Most people, you know, the husband and the wife play half and half. You, you know what I mean? She has no grounds or foundation Islamically in the legal court system of the West because it's too, for lack of a better term, androgynous in terms of like equality. So it's very problematic. So for me, I, I just, for me, I, I don't see the benefit of it. And if he is unjust and there is no, there's no recourse. Well, that's what Yomo Fiyama is for also, because there's people online. I, I'd love to, <laughs> in, a, in both a, a general and, and a literal sense, I'd love to punch in the face, but I get my hawk from them on Yomo Fiyama for their backbiting and their, and their riva. I don't get to punch them in the nose. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm, I'm being, I'm using hyper, hyperbole here, but you understand what I'm saying. You know, yeah. this is why you exist. Like if there's injustice between co-wives, you know, a husband, he's unjust between his wives. Well, what did Allah say? What, what, what it was said about him? He'll be raised up on Yomokiyama, twisted and distorted. And he'll ask his Lord, why am I twisted and distorted when I was healthy and, and in good health in, in, the, in the dunya? He said, because you were unjust between your wives. So this is not really the dunya is not the place to get your justice in that sense. I'm not saying that we should accept injustice. You know, and that we should allow for our sisters to be mistreated. That's not what I'm saying. But there are clear punishments, you know, um, listed within the book of the Sunnah that say, hey, look, if you're unjust to your wife, you, you better be careful. fear Allah. And if you don't, okay, we take the woman back and Yom Qiyam is your day. So for me, 
the Western legal thing is kind of like I understand there's benefits to it. I'm, I'm legally married to my wife here, but because she needs a visa, because she's not from a country that like allows her to travel to Germany or Europe, you know, very easily. I understand situations like that. But if like you're both from America, is to me it seems like. Hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I understand both of your points. Yeah, but it's like when when we're talking about the uh, the rights and everything, uh, a woman shouldn't have to depend on something that's not Islamic in order to get her rights. You know, like, I understand, okay, yeah, like, it will give the rights to the woman. You know, if the woman goes to the judge and says so-and-so, of course, like, having the legal stuff, it's, it's going to help. But let's be honest, it, it's like, it's like our brother Abu said, it, it should really only be utilized if there is a direct reason to get married. Maybe it's for visa purposes. Maybe it's for okay. You're about to have children. You're gonna be. You're gonna have a child. Uh, not even in the state that of which you are gonna be in. You're gonna be in a completely different state. So you need to have that visa so that when you come into the state, let's say you have to be in there for five months. How can you be in there for five months if the visa that you can only get upon arrival is maybe one month, maybe two or three months? You see what I'm saying? So it's like when there's a reason, that's when doing the legal marriage in my eyes. It seems the most uh, understandable, but then yeah. if there is no reason, well, then then nikah serves its purpose because it's it's Islamically how it should be. And if if for some reason the man is just not upholding his thing, I mean, she has the right to divorce the man. Okay, yeah, so you know. let me. I feel like there's two, maybe three people like on your side, and only one of me on my side. So I think it's fair that I get to respond to each point, inshallah. Um, also, I'm gonna ask. I don't know why people are jumping back in the actual call. Uh, can you guys wait? Go in the waiting room, inshallah, because it's filling up too much. And I know this is the big topic everyone wants to jump in. I understand, but we'll bring you up accordingly, inshallah. Jazakallah khair, guys. Anyone who just jumped in, please go in the waiting room. I appreciate it very much. Um, now, yeah. So I mean, on the topic of like injustice and that stuff. The woman will also be held accountable, you know, if she is unjust and she like un you know wrongfully steals the man half the man's stuff. So it's like I understand the argument; it can go both ways. Uh, all I'm saying, and I, let me begin by saying what we all agree on: the Islamic system is perfect. The problem here is that we live in a kufr system, a disbelieving system with man-made horrible laws that, and sometimes favor men, sometimes favor women. Like for example, with with the court. Uh, who gets custody a lot of the time women are favored and uh, if a woman says oh i was hurt or i was you know hit or something like that and most of the time they will believe her there are many issues with it 100 percent. but that doesn't expel the fact that there are a lot of women and by the way let me add that we can't conflate like for example non-muslim statistics which a lot of people you guys haven't brought it up but a lot of people tend to do that with muslims in the west because there are non-muslims outnumber muslims in the west many times over I apologize for my camera and they're going out. They, they, they outnumber us many times over. So if we're using their statistics, that doesn't exactly represent our community. You know, think about it. Why would a woman who comes from a culture that shuns women for getting divorced, divorce, you know, or being divorced or initiating divorce, why would she want to get a divorce if, unless she actually, you know, is being, you know, harmed or something like that in that case? Now, again, I'm not saying that she should have the right just to take half the stuff. I think that's egregious. That's horrible. But at the same time, this is why some sisters would push for it. So to paint them as like, oh, they're all just kind of red flags or they all have bad intentions, I don't think is, is correct. Now, I want to give one last thing. Uh, Islamically, if we lived in a Sharia-abiding country and a woman said, I want to put a clause in the marriage contract that if you divorce me, I take half your stuff, that's halal. And if for some reason, some weird reason, a man must accept that, that's halal. She can ask and he can accept. 
There's nothing wrong with it. So what some scholars say is when a man gets married legally, he is implicitly signing off on that unless he states otherwise. That contrary to the Western law, um, it's not going to go that way. And that's where the idea of prenups and that stuff come in. I understand they're not always, you know, wholehearted and, and hold up, but they are an option 100%. And I just want to bring more of the sister side of things because a lot of the time it gets overlooked. No, yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. Um, allow me to disagree, but based yeah. off one reason, and which is because, and this is not, this is not a red pill talking point. This is, I've actually experienced this. Yeah. I've gone through like a pretty, a pretty destructive um, divorce myself uh, that was backed by Western law. And that, that's that's the heart of the issue is that in the divorce, if the husband's unjust, the woman can, can you know, go to her wali, she can get a fuller, and she can go on with her life. But in Western law, a brother can get destroyed. You see what I mean? So I'm, I'm finally, the past year, I'm, I'm finally back on track to where I should be, several years behind, but I'm back on track to where I should be after 11 years of recovery. It took 11 years, bro, to get back to where I should be. So that means I should technically be past where I'm at right now. I'm doing very well, alhamdulillah. So it can destroy your life as a man, the legal system. But generally, an Islamic divorce doesn't really destroy the life of a sister. There's always going to be a brother that's going to marry a single mother. There's always going to be a brother that's going to marry a, a divorcee. You see what I mean? And so I, mean, I just think it's, it's... I've been with... I've been in enough divorces. I've been married in the Middle East. I've been married out here. I know that women, they get very emotional. They make decisions that are very brash that don't make sense at the moment. And later on, they're like, I don't know what I was thinking when I did that because they are very emotional creatures. And I think that's a very, very dangerous weapon to put in the hand of somebody who's like, you know, who, who's, whose entire life and decisions are dictated on my feelings dictate the reality of the world I live in. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just my, that's my stance. I mean, I understand your position. Um, but yeah, there's there's that. Yeah, it's, it's very it's very dangerous position to put over somebody. Yeah, I, I'll give you an example. Just if you don't mind, allow me to rant. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I'm in you know lower executive position. Yesterday, I'm leaving my compound, and a security guard who's doing his job, he he asked me for some documentation. The guy should recognize me. He should just wave me through, you know, but he didn't, and I just blew up on him. I, I had a bad day. I had a whole bunch of stuff going on. And I mean, a phone call, I could have this poor guy fired. He's probably, you know, I don't know what he's doing in life. He's trying to whatever else. It's it, 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 in a moment of motion, I almost called and had the guy fired for, for him doing his job just because he didn't recognize me, you know? And I had to actually drive out and I drove back and I apologized. I said, you know what, man? I said, I had a really crappy day and I just took it out on you. And I said, it's not right. And I said, I apologize. You know, I was like, you know, you're doing your job. Thank you for doing your job properly. I'm now put this in a relationship where people, have emotions involved, feelings running high and everything. And then you give them this entire deadly weapon of the legal system. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Like I said, I'm very conscious of myself and my behaviors. And so I knew what happened, that I was mad about something else. And I took it out on this poor guy. Yeah, yeah. Just imagine people who aren't so very self-aware and see. they just take this entire legal system and they rip yeah. someone's life to pieces. Yeah. You know? Okay. And then there's no consequence. Your life goes on next week, next month, whatever, when your it does over, and this brother, he's struggling to put the pieces back together for the next eleven years. That that was me. I've experienced it. You know? So yeah. this this I mean, I understand what you're saying, bro. And I'm you know, we're not obviously we're just having a healthy conversation here. Yeah. Uh but I would say, you know, uh, take that into consideration with legal marriage in the West. You yeah. know, um that emotions they play very, very ugly tricks on people. 
yeah. you know. Um, and once it's initiated, you can't take it back. Yeah, yeah. May, may I, first thing, I have a question. I have a question. Yeah. If anyone knows this, please chime in. Um, when, let's say, uh, a man and a, a man and a sister, a, a woman and a man get married, yeah? They get a legal marriage. Let's say they're going to get a divorce. Now, you know how the legal thing is where uh, the woman is going to take way more than what she should, Islamically speaking. Does she have the ability to say, you know what, no, I'm not going to take all this. I'm just going to uh, leave it at this much or, or yeah. just leave it at nothing. Yeah. yeah, she does, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. You can, it, it, let's say you're in you're in the U.S., right? You, you could go with your woman to the divorce court and just sign off and have it be done. An uncontested divorce is what they would call it. Yeah. Indeed. Okay. Okay, so then I see um, two options and, and by all means Rami, don't don't take this as me like trying to cut the flow of everything i was just kind of throwing out what's in my mind right now yeah no worries but option number one is like uh the brother could get a a prenup if he truly truly feels like the need for it before getting the legal marriage or i think you can even do it after if i if i am correct I'm, i have no idea i'm very ignorant when it comes to this but a prenup would pretty much solve that issue where okay if the divorce does happen well then it's going to be it's going to end up the same way as it would, uh, Islamically speaking, if it was just the nikah. Or if he doesn't do the, the prenup, then he's placing the the trust in her that she will be God-fearing. That she will fear Allah when the time comes, if ever the time comes, when the divorce might happen, that she is going to, you know what, no, um, Islamically, this is not how it's going to be. So I'm just going to take this much and then we're just going to cut it off uh, nice and easy but then again this is this is just what i'm seeing from my own uh, understanding but again i'm very ignorant please let me go ahead because i know you were about to jump in on something yeah so uh i think those are great points um so abu american first and foremost may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you and reward you um i'm, I'm very sorry that, that happened I, I definitely see that that is a, the horrible downside to legal marriage i think that there are downsides like i mentioned um, so may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you and elevate you for going through that and allow you, you know, to excel in every way. Allahumma ameen. And for all of us and the young men out there as well. Ameen, Ya Rab. Uh, I do want to say, actually, I took some notes because I don't want to miss anything. Um, I, so I don't 100% advocate for it. I don't say every single man should, especially if a man's going to be polygynous. You actually can't legally in, in these Western nations, right? So I don't say, uh, am I cutting out for people? Yeah, there's a little bit of chopping. Okay. Yeah. My bad. I don't know if it's Wi-Fi or if it's the mic, but I thought it was just me, but I guess everyone else has seen the chop as well. Yeah. Is it is it better now? Is it good? Oh, it's day? it's a lag for sure. Oh, it's a lag. So we can usually hear what you're saying in in between the chops. Okay. Okay. That's good. So, yeah. So I don't 100% advocate for it. I think generally speaking, um, I think generally speaking, it's good. For the average person, I, I think for the average woman, it's understandable if she wants it because of the reasons we're going to give. So first and foremost, you mentioned, you know, it completely ruins a man's life. It could also completely ruin a woman's life if she doesn't, because let's say, you know, she births three children. Uh, she doesn't have a legal marriage. And then the guy just like, you know, leaves her or whatever. Now she's left with three children to take care of, and, and there's no legal responsibility, no accountability. She can't even divorce him and take anything um, because he, you know, he's just left or whatever. You know, her name is not on any of the 
the assets or blah, 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 whatever, whatever. Like women end up in those situations. It, it Maybe it doesn't happen super often, but it does happen. And it is something that uh, women are fearful of. So I think that at the very least, that's something that should be, you know, recognized in these discussions. Uh, so their lives can also be ruined. Uh, divorced women, especially in our, like, you know, the Daisy and Arab culture, they are horribly stigmatized. And this is something that you mentioned earlier that like, you know, if you married a divorced woman, other brothers will look at you like, yo, what the heck's wrong with you? And all that stuff, uh, including Muslim guys who maybe follow red pills. So why would a woman want to just throw herself in that position randomly if she is completely happy or like decently happy with her husband uh, just to get some, you know, just to get a bag or something like that. I don't think that's reasonable for maybe non-Muslim women. It is, but not for, uh, for Muslim women. And then also on the point that, you know, women can be like emotional and just take someone to court and take out their stuff and it's undoable. I agree. But a man can as well. You know, uh, let's say he's not legally married to her. He can threaten divorce. That's why we have three talaks. That's why some scholars say that, you know, if you say talaq three times in one sitting, it, it actually just counts as one. Because men get emotional and say, okay, you're divorced. You're, yeah, you're divorced, you're divorced yeah. twice. That's how emotional he is. Uh, and then after that, it's, it's, uh, you can't do anything about it. So Islamically, she's divorced because he was emotional. Like, and, and then there's no legal system to, uh, you know, to, to, to hold the man accountable or to protect the, uh, the woman in that case. If he does divorce her, he, he can just you know, completely leave, be with another woman, and she's left alone, not being taken care of or anything like that. And I think that's an injustice. And I think that if men are really maintainers and protectors of women, that uh, they shouldn't necessarily have a firm issue with against against this with every single woman, because there could be a chance that she would be left unprotected, because the the legal system won't cover her. But again, I'm not saying it's a firm thing for every single person. Hope my mic was clear enough, inshallah. Yeah, your mic was definitely cutting out, bro. Before okay. you continue, I just want to say I have to get going. I love y'all for the sake of Allah, Habibi. but. May Allah bless you, inshallah. I um, I could try and keep. Uh, I can try and bring other people in here and keep it going. I personally do have to um, get going in a minute. But you know, for the sake of the call-in show, we didn't really have many guests, so I do want to bring you know other people up, inshallah, after you uh, you respond. Uh, but we're making. Inshallah. Okay. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, my brothers. Take care all right, um, Arashi. I hope you uh you made the the this channel private. So, actually, you know, there's like 50 people in here. Um, <laughs> Damn. Your sound's gotten off. I I didn't understand you. What do you say? Uh, it's okay. Never mind. Um, I was gonna ask. Can you make the call and show private so we can bring people in here and they can't just jump in? Oh my god, I can't make it private. So the thing is, can you text me because your your sound is cutting off. I can't hear you. Okay, I'll text you. This right here is one word. Okay. But uh, Abu American Gordo, can you guys hear me? Can the chat hear me? Yeah. Oh, could I chime in uh, and respond if that's all right? Yeah, of course. I do have to leave soon, but inshallah, of course, you can jump in. Okay. Yes. Um, well, what you're saying is true. Women, women don't want the unfortunate situation of a man unjustly leaving and a man doesn't want a situation of a woman unjustly leaving with his resource. And that's why it's another uh, red P tenet typically to say that the sexual strategies of men and women are often conflicting. We want generally what the other has and usually uh, to get what you want, they're making some degree of sacrifice. 
Um, but, you know, the solution is really to follow the Islamic process. You know, ideally, if a woman finds a man through her wali or a righteous man through the masjid and he's connected to the community, even if there is not Western legal penalties for this divorce, uh, he will still be judged by the community and there will be consequences in in. You know, in the community, it's it's not a no-fault thing, but I definitely agree. But um, I think it, it produces, like, you're overcompensating for this problem with uh, a haram Western court uh, solution. Because, honestly, the number of men that leave women and their family unjustly is much, much, much lower, even though it's still terrible, is much, much, much lower than the number of women that initiate divorces. Now, one could say maybe those women had a good reason to initiate those divorces in many cases, a lack of proper uh, male leadership. But honestly, for me, the uh, I would love to get legally married, but it's like having your nuts on a chopping block and you're giving this knife to this woman and saying like, I trust you, you know, she might be a very trustworthy woman, but are you going to be entirely comfortable with her having this nuclear option of wasting months and years of your time and, and thousands of dollars of your assets in court, even if you do not necessarily lose the uh, disputed assets. It's just uh, it, it, it's a risky thing, you know? And my ex-wife, she actually didn't initiate like a court case against me. This is just the government coming at against me because we divorced. She didn't initiate anything against me. The just court system just came for me. They were just like, we've decided this is your child support. They decided that she didn't. She was like, I don't need it. He sends me money, you know, mm -hmm. bro. It was, it was really messy. So she doesn't even have to actually take action direct action against you the state can just do it because they can and you know we know about these guys they're just their sense of justice is very scared yeah oh one thing i wanted to add to that you mentioned 11 years for you to financially recover that's interesting because i was listening to mr aaron clary yesterday and he cited a statistic i need to find the real source for it but it allegedly on average it takes a man 15 years in the united states to recover financially from the average divorce proceeding and i believe the average divorce proceedings in california cost about 100,000 us dollars and that's just contesting the assets. That's not necessarily the, the division of the assets. That is just the, because you have to pay for your lawyer. You have to pay for the lawyer of, of the other party. You have to pay for all the, you know, if there's kids involved, you have to pay for the lawyers that investigate the relationships of the children and the parents. Uh, forensic attorneys to go through your taxes. Forensic attorneys to go through your personal life. You know, it, it, I think if people saw the intricacies of court and the hell and the amount of people that kill themselves or completely derail their lives off of um after court proceedings and the hell that it is yeah. uh i'm not saying you're foolish for going into it i think you have good intentions and may allah protect all of us in our marriages but I mean. it's it's just currently a risky situation in the majority of states and in the majority of western countries yeah and i'm, it's, I'm it's not very, it's... Oh, sorry I think he cut out for a bit. Okay, he's back. Yeah, and listen, I, I, I never, I never, I never said that it wasn't. I do agree that it is, it is a risk. But the, I, I'm saying that the risk is also both ways, right? Um, so, on 
there's a few points. But I believe it's disproportionate. Sorry, Danny. Okay, okay. Let me let me so let me respond kind of you know point by point because I think these are fair points. I do want to you know be able to discuss them, inshallah. So firstly, on the topic of you know the Islamic way is best. We don't have the Islamic way. Yeah, in the first few steps, you have the nikah and the witnesses and all. Yeah, okay, we have that. But afterwards, what do you have? No male accountability. A lot of the times, no female accountability as well. You know, there's no state, Islamic state, enforcing anything after the marriage. There's only the governmental state, which is why, okay, yeah, the first few steps are cool, but okay, let's think long-term. What happens after that? That stuff is important as well. And that's why I'm making the case that I'm making. In regards to the statistics, this is why I made this point, because a lot of people bring up the statistics. Um, let me let me yeah. hit you with another statistic. The, the, the percentage of divorced non-Muslims is 11%. The percentage of divorced Muslims is 6%, right? Almost half. So half the amount of Muslims are divorced. So why are we... How and, and to be fair, that's not saying the divorce rate is half. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there are single, not married, never married, and divorced. I'm just saying that the amount of Muslims who get married and then divorce is definitely lower, right? And the amount of divorced uh, Muslims is, is half about in America. So using non-Muslim statistics to talk about Muslims and Muslim community with different cultures, it's not, it's, it's fallacious because how many non-Muslims are there in America? How many Muslims are there in America? So you're using non-Muslims with their kuffar, not just system, but their beliefs as well. You know, women, a lot of women are praised. Non-Muslim women are actually praised a lot of time for divorcing men. I, I apologize for my camera. They're actually praised oh, for divorcing oh. men, taking half their stuff, ruining their life, and like, oh, you're empowered. Are Muslim women praised the same way? A lot of the time in their cultures, no. A lot of the time they are shunned. And a woman, I would, I would argue that a woman who, who, who is divorced, whether she takes half the stuff or not, is a lot more shunned in her community and looked at weird, and it's harder for her to get married, uh, especially socially than a man who divorces and basically neglects his wife. I feel it's a lot easier for a man, even if he neglects his last wife, to be able to get married again compared to a woman who's been divorced before, especially if she has a kid. No, I hear you. Um, obviously, I disagree. <laughs> but that's fair. I mean, we're allowed to do that, right? Uh, and, and remain cordial. Um, my, my thing is this. That lack of protections, for lack of a better term, has always existed since the time of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, there's never been like an in-state enforcement. You know, there's really, unless it's been like an Islamic communal type of like retribution, if that's the right word to use, this protections, they've never really existed. Do you, you know what I mean? And I, it's my humble estimation that it's by design, not by like accident. Because, you know, obviously, the uh, Allah of Muhammad وسلم, is the Allah of now. So he knew what was going to happen now, later on, with the legal systems, living in the West, the changes in the society. But Allah, you know, he didn't put in any sort of extra steps or whatever else. So, I, you know, this, this is this is my opinion. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't think people should just like be out doing whatever they want, abandoning their children, their women or whatever else, obviously. Um, but I think... Again, this comes back to what I said. The injustice on both sides, this is what Yom Qiyam is for. Can I, you know, if there's an injustice committed against me as a man mm -hmm. who's married, shari or or legal, Yom Qiyam is a real day. Um, but the same thing applies to women. So whether shari married or not, you know what I mean, legally or whatever else, this is what Yom Qiyam is for. And so this, this, this is why it's very important the vetting process takes place on both sides for both men and women, you know, um, because you don't want to marry people that are going to, you know, uh, make your life more difficult. You know, obviously that's not the purpose of marriage. So I, I don't, it's just my opinion. Again, we could do this all day. <laughs> it's just my opinion that, you know, legal marriage doesn't, you know, it doesn't help and assist in that, 
You know, that's not going to force someone. You're trying to use a system to force someone to do something that they don't want to do anyway. And sometimes they're forced into doing stuff that there's no Islamic foundation for, you know, but there is a legal one, but not an Islamic one. And so it's too dangerous in my in my personal opinion um, to actually put in the hands of people because Allah, if Allah would have seen fit for us to have that sort of power, you know, whether male or female, because there I don't know I don't know how much power you have in the legal system as a man. I don't want to say you're powerless, but maybe you can actually execute something that you're not supposed to, and because you're angry at your partner, you decide to do it, you know. And that's not you know if that option was supposed to be there, then it would have been there, you know, in a shartery sense. I, I, so, um, so I, I do see what you're saying. Yeah, and I, I, I appreciate alhamdulillah that we can have a civil, you know, discussion about this. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of people who are not willing to, but I, I do no, appreciate alhamdulillah. But so, I, I don't understand the the first point about there's no shari kind of ruling, um, because yeah. there there is shari accountability for the man even after he divorces, um, to either take care of the woman for X amount of time, well, yeah. or and and to always take care of his kids so long as they are you know a woman unmarried or like a man uh, under puberty and that stuff. Um, so like that that does exist. Pardon me. I'm talking from a Western legal understanding where you might pay yeah. like, uh, what is it called? Alimony for yeah. like the next 10 years or until she gets married again. You know what I mean? This yeah. type of thing is what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I, and I agree. I agree that Western law is wrong. But this is the point that Islam did not come to be implemented in, in what, under Western law. It came to be the state. Islam came to be the whole state. So what we're doing is half applying Islam because we are forced to half apply Islam. And I'm saying that that is the main problem. If we had Sharia, it would be perfect, 100%. We wouldn't have to worry about this divorce settlements and this no-fault divorce, all this garbage, right? But living in this Western system, we do have to kind of evaluate both ends. And I, I don't think it's a one-size-fit-all. I think it, re it really does depend on the situation. If a man wants to be polygynous, it doesn't make sense for him to uh, get a legal marriage because, okay, what about the other three? Or maybe you'll do it once and not for the other three. It doesn't really make sense, to be honest. But if a, if a man doesn't plan on, on, on being polygynous or if he can't afford it, which most men can't in, in nowadays, um, then I think it does make sense, especially if the woman is like for for like let's say she doesn't have family here she's the only one here if she gets divorced she has nowhere else to go she has to take care of herself i think it's a very real possibility and and, and solution for her to uh to legally get married so she has some form of protection and on top of that the man can put uh, a prenup the woman can sign on her own accord that um you know i'm not going to take half the assets so i'll take x amount maybe we're, maybe we're talking past each other so what does this protection look like let me ask that question from your perspective what does that protection what does that mean so I'm talking about financial protection. That's that's all it really accommodates. I think, um, I think the okay. the law. Okay, so go on. Islamically, her protection is three months, right? Or idda. Her, I mean, this is what I would my understanding. Yeah, and then but he. But what? That. Pardon me. I said if if she's past her idda, then what's her right beyond that? Do you see? Do you so see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I'm going yeah, yeah, yeah. So Islamically. Um, if she needs help, the the state will help her in some cases. After the three months of the man helping her, he's still responsible for taking care of his kids, right? Like the basic yeah. necessity economically, yeah. But in the legal sense, it falls upon not just the 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 man but the woman as well. So there's room to argue. Oh, the man is he's only reporting eighteen thousand dollars a year, so his child supports only two three hundred dollars. And a lot like come on, two three hundred dollars is going to get you some papers for school and a few pencils you know, nowadays. Yeah, I like to speak from this because you know. I have a I have a child in the United Kingdom with an ex, and I think this this comes back to you know I'm gonna I'm gonna talk in circles here. I go back in circles all the time. This comes back to betting. And I married the woman. She's very religious woman. Mashallah, may Allah increase her. She's you know married again, and we have a child together. 
she never went to the legal system against me because you know she felt that like this is not it's not appropriate for Muslims, and we've had a very good agreement over this time, and things have been working you know half decent half well you know uh, when I say half decent half well there's been no problems you know I'm the library things taken care of for everybody, so I mean I think this is more of like you know just pay attention to who you marry uh, more than anything else. You know, because he, <laughs> you, there's signs that the guy's going to be a bum prior to <laughs> prior to um, getting married. You know what I mean? You could say the so, same uh, thing about women, though. Can't you say the same thing about women? That oh, yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm a fan of betting. Yeah. Crazy eyes. You got the crazy eyes. I tell guys all the time, whatever happens to you is your own fault. Even if she does it, because you allowed that woman into your life. Why did you not pay closer attention, you know, to who she was? Because you're marrying her. You're letting this person into your life. And when you let someone into your life, what does that do? It's like letting a businessman into your into your business and he becomes a partner. He has the ability to financially wreck you. Make sure you get the right partner. You know, this is in all affairs. So I, I'm 100% with you on that. You know, you, you, it, it's, it's, it's a two-way door where the Wali's need to do better jobs and, and brothers need to do a better job, you know, and, and turn off the... I guess the horny for lack of a better term, yeah. you know, <laughs> Oh, she said, yes. Oh, let's go. You know, and yeah. <laughs> surprise six months later. <laughs> yeah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Um, uh, I, I, mean, I, I do, I do, I do agree 100%. I think that people should hold themselves accountable and not just kind of blame other things or other factors and aspects, unless it's completely out of their control. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and our marriages. I think there's a bigger issue fundamentally, which is that yeah. men and women are just not ready for marriage. They're not willing to actually be in a proper marriage. They just have this ideal understanding of what it is. And, and they're not really, looking at holding themselves to a high standard as a spouse whether it's husband or wife um i do have to get going we have people coming very soon so i do have to run off yeah. uh, abu american i oh. think if you want to there are people in the uh, call room i think our, our, my mod orashi is here if you want to stream the the call-in aspect on your channel i think that'd be sick uh, it's completely up to you inshallah but i do have to get going I mean, unfortunately i'm just willing to just vibe with them if they just want to come in and just vibe until you know someone acts crazy and then i'll just bounce <laughs> 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 All right, I'll give it ten minutes, inshallah, before someone acts crazy. Okay, but um, everyone else, barakallah fikum for joining me. Allah bless you all immensely, inshallah. Arashi, let's just, uh, I guess, allow everyone else in the waiting room, the two brothers in here. And yeah, um, I'm gonna go pray zuhur. Um, thank you for your time, guys. Uh, good to talk to you, uh, Romi. Good to see you again, Abu American. Uh, and thank you guys again for indirectly giving me uh, dawah. Much appreciated. <laughs> May Allah bless you, Habib. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, reward you and accept your prayer. Inshallah, hopefully I'll talk to you soon. Ameen, ameen. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalamu. All right, Abu American, Habib, may Allah bless you. Jazakallah khair for joining us today. Alhamdulillah, discuss a lot of great stuff. And uh, hopefully, inshallah, we'll do it again very soon. Inshallah. All right. And um, I guess because I'm going to end the stream, I'll say this while you're here. Allahumma atina fid dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adab nar. And inshallah, we'll see you guys on the next one. Assalamu alaikum. ورحمة الله وبركاته